1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, here with Benji for the recaps of Paris-Nice Stage 4, torreno Adriatico Stage 3, and also Remco Avianapol losing his license for a couple of weeks at the end of this podcast. But first, Paris-Nice, the time trial, it was hillier and the hills were steeper than people thought from Domerat to mont It's 13Ks. 200 meters elevation there's two main climbs the last climb is 800 meters seven percent to the finish line which was quite steep you needed to conserve energy for that part of this course and as a reminder today the tour of utopia starts Five stages of riding on Zwift with five new routes, unlocks, and double XP. So your efforts help you level up twice as quickly. But it's going for the next uh, few days. So if you can't get on to the first stage today, there's other stages. I'm going on at 8 p.m. tonight. There's rides going off at regular intervals to match your time. And as always, thanks to Zwift for supporting the podcast. But yeah, Vanart took a... Out this time trial, taking another stage when you know we don't bury the lead on the TTS. Roglic second on two seconds, Dennis third on six. Jumbo Visma one two three, then Kung Yates, Hater Latour, Bissiger, Pedersen, and Martinez, all about eleven to twenty-five seconds behind. Jumbo one two three, Benji. That's Cervelo, and their setup must be pretty fast.
2: Yeah, certainly. It's a another great team performance. Not necessarily a in team formation as its individual but it does show that the team is getting something right when it comes to the equipment and also when it comes to the uh engineering i think in regards to the arrow and so forth we know that that one guy better blocking and so forth makes 3d versions of every single one of the important jumbo cyclists for time trials and turns out that's helping out because they're getting results out of this and it isn't the first time that this is happening. We've seen solid TT results from Yambo Visma and Yumbo Visma riders throughout the entirety of the last two years, except for Plage de Belfia, where it didn't go right perfectly. But in this situation, it did. And then at the Olympics last year, also a pretty solid performance by riders that were on the Yambo uh, team as well at that point. So the equipment's right. That's clear. And... Then you look at certain other teams, and it's visible that there's such a difference between Yumbo and the way they prepare for time trials versus, for example, a Cofidis or an Archaea, for example. We see that Nairo Quintana is probably having, honestly, a terrible time trial in my personal opinion. He's losing a significant amount of time. On this time trial, was 42 seconds down at the first intermediate, if I recall correctly, and then at the end, 117. In an ideal world, if he wants to compete for GC or he needs to stay within, what is it, 45 seconds max, it's still too much on paper.
1: Yeah, it's still a lot. The problem is, and he lost so much on the flatter, faster section, you look at his side profile, he's like in a, uh, a 1995 position. <laughs> he's got no <laughs> stack, it's so low, and you can visibly see, like, the gap between his hands and head is a foot and he's not trying to get low. It's That's, I guess, the argument we had about should time trial bikes be banned. I would argue that with Arkea should have enough money that he can get a better position than that and go just a, a little bit faster. Like, because even if, at the Giro Benji, if he did it, like, you can't lose that much time. You need to be somewhat yep. there or thereabouts. Bahrain too, their setup is is no good, and it just makes a huge difference. Yumbo's looks the quickest. Uh, FDJ with Kung is dialed. Weird though, Benji. We'll get to the splits and the details in a second. But David Godou did this TT in twenty minutes. Wauvenart did it in 1620. He lost three minutes 40. He's clearly not right.
2: Like, why is he here? He crashed two days ago. And yesterday, I think he uh, finished quite late as well on the stage, although I don't 100% know. Like, uh, I saw him dropping on one of the climbs yesterday where he said, oh, I'm completely done for me, to the camera. And the day before he finished, I think, last on stage two as well, was that the day he crashed, yeah, last 10 minutes behind uh friend of the race so i don't know perhaps it's at a point where he's just riding it to finish stages and if you need to do that in baronese you might as well be better in recovery i would say because i feel like it's probably not great to be finishing this race if you're not exactly on point
1: i mean we saw thibaut pinot finished the 2022 tour de france with a bad back after stage one when he crashed how did that work out for everyone was that a good idea no I mean, and this isn't even the tour. I get it. Like if you crash on stage 19 and you want to finish the tour, soldier through, come on, it's Paranese. Like maybe you'll prove us wrong and win the Torini stage from the break. But if that's not the target, then this is a a waste of time and he should be recovering at home. So, yeah, that's just a note. It's weird. He nearly finished outside the time limit today. Otherwise, in terms of pacing, Simon Yates did yeah, a big positive split. He was the fastest to the intermediate, which was a 48k an hour average, and then ninth on the second section. And he sort of ran out of gas on the final climb. But he's whipped a TTR like this before, apparently, Benji. I didn't ex- remember it, but then I was like, oh, it made sense. Is he Roglic's closest rival now? Or is that wow for GC here?
2: I don't think there's actual competition for Roglic in this race anymore. I'm going to be honest about that. I don't (laughs) think anyone can remotely beat Roglic here unless he crashes again on the final stage, which I hope doesn't happen because I don't like when riders lose because they crash. The thing is, you're right. Vinod is up there as well. And when we look at GC, which is now... Fanard taking that yellow with Roglic in second on 10 seconds and Laporte who also did a decent time trial to be honest on 28 seconds. Laporte is the clear outlier there who won't be there after the mountain stage I would dare to say. When it comes to Fanard and Roglic like you can play both cards in the coming stages but do they need to? That is the question because last year at Tirreno, Fanard was going all out on the mountain stage and so forth and later They publicly mentioned that they kind of regretted doing that because it might have had an influence on his form in the more important races, the classics that came later. And now I've got the feeling that he's always going hard in this Pyrenees as well, which means that, is it really better than at Tireno last year? Or is it because his form currently is not at the level that he was during Tireno last year, you think, that they allowed this to happen in preparation of the classics?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know what the grand plan is. I see mixed messages all the time. I don't know whether Wout's joking anymore. He's getting more jokey with the English <laughs> press. I think he's like, oh, I could maybe go for GC, see how the time trial goes. Like, I, I don't know what to think anymore. I think it's still for, all for Roglic. I mean, it yeah. depends. We've seen reports that Torini's the mountaintop finish on stage seven. It might be snowy conditions. If that gets cancelled, Laporte. <laughs> nah, nah. It's, stage eight's harder than last year. I think Wout then becomes the favourite for GC uh, yeah. if Torini gets cancelled. Greg Van Avermart, Torino Adriatico, GC win style. Um, but Dennis, actually, like I kind of expect you picked him, Benji, mainly because I picked Roglic. I, yeah. we, I thought Wout well, was a little bit banged up, but. He's beaten Kung here by four seconds on a hilly course. Really nice TT from him. If you make it fifty minutes or an hour, he's looking even better, probably. I think that was really good. Any any other performances that stood out? Hater obviously has good legs, Latour good, um, Martinez beat Vlasov. Any any others that stood out? Yates was a little bit under for me.
2: Uh Adam Yates or Sam Yates? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Whichever one rode in the Ineos skin suit. <laughs> we don't know. They it look the same. <laughs> yeah, Adam uh, was a bit of an unperformance. You're right, 19 43 seconds. But it's also not the end of the world necessarily. It's an average time trial, I'd argue. And not a good time trial, not a bad time trial, an average one. And then I look at Ethan Hayter, who performed better than we – well. We expected a decent time for Hater based on his two time trials in Algarve and Besseche, so it's kind of on par with what I expected. The outliers for me in the top 10 is perhaps that Péla Tour is acting or riding better than expected this entire year so far. got 4th in Besseche, 15 in Provence, and now is solidly on his way to perhaps getting a top 5 in this Paranese if he continues like this. Because I'm pretty sure he's high up in GC as well. He has fifth at the moment on 51 seconds. So if he can continue that, that might be possible. If Turini happens, that might become an issue to get that top five. But a top 10 seems to be in the cards for him, quite certainly. And then the question is what is this team, Total Energy, going to want to do with him? And I think they're going to want to focus on GCs, even in Grand Tours with him, so that they can gain extra points in top 10, or well, probably top 15 positions in GC, because the top 10 with Latour is. A bit difficult. I'd well, argue. he can, yeah. Good TT
1: shallow climbs. Yeah, I think top ten. Uh, yeah. If he rides the way, if I'm controlling his radio, he could top ten. <laughs> if <laughs> if he's doing his stuff, then maybe not. Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's yeah. true. When it comes to Bisiger, so we see a shorter time trial. Is it the hills that yep. do it for him? The bottleneck. Yep.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised uh where he finished up i actually well no i am he finished eighth but it's on 21 to wow i thought kung was underrated again kung was four dollars fifty head-to-head against Bisiger. outrageous disrespect and i think bisigers he's a fast cda boy and i know he won this tt last year uh very narrowly ahead of cavania who got robbed by, I think, the Alpson car in the last finishing straight. <laughs> this is a higher-level competition here. Look, look at the top four. Van Aert, Robich, Kung. Kuhn. Cool. And with their extra climbing, it's harder than last year. I think the hills uh, were an issue. Pedersen, good TT. He's focusing, of course, on that TT in the Tour. He's hoping to stay close and then take bonus seconds in later sprints or Stage 5. Uh, otherwise... You wait? Yeah, I, I just the, the have and have-nots. Like Yon Izagira, Benji, he won the Dauphiné-Hilly TT last year and he's 28th on yeah. a minute. Like yeah,
2: It's not looking great at the moment. And he's the kind of rider that Cofferders gets to do well in GC and up ten positions to gain points, but it's not working like this. And next to that, I feel like it's Kofidis in general. We joked last year that perhaps Max Walshite could go to the team and teach them a bit about Arrow, but I've got the feeling that it's actually necessary that he teaches the team a bit about arrow because like their positions as well are not what looks like a, a position in time trials that get you a good time. And yeah, their riders are not always the best time trialists. Guillaume Martin is known as a pretty bad time trialist compared to the average of a, a pro cyclist. But yeah, it, it's part of that. It's, it's part of getting good results as GC riders. So the team needs to focus that if they if they want to achieve that. But when it comes to UAE, we've noticed that McNulty had that crash, his performances have not been amazing as a consequence. And then we have Almeida, who's currently sitting in 30, 16 GC on 318, part of that being the uh obvious echelon deficit that he took there. But his time trial was also not that great. 22nd on 47 seconds. I expect more from a, a man like Almeida here. What do you think we need to conclude outside of a Pyrenees for a rider like that, knowing Daddy's riding GC in a Giro. Or are we... Is this not really a, a thing that concludes anything?
1: I don't know. I think both Nelson and Almeida look like they don't want to be here, to be honest. they're at, They're yeah. over it. And I think... I think two, three hard days, one of which is just getting your ass kicked in echelons for three hours can really make people feel the morale a bit low. And yeah, I don't know. But... Whether that affected the TT, I'm not sure exactly. But GC, Jumbo in huge control. Van Aert 10 seconds ahead of Roglic. He takes the jersey off Laporte. And uh, they're still 1, 2, 3. Yates on 49 to Van Aert, 39 to Roglic. Then it's Latour, Pedersen, Martinez, Vlasov on a minute 9. Bissiger, Kryanderson, Haig's on a minute 45. So there's huge gaps to most of the GC guys. Quintana's on... Uh, 145 to Roglic tomorrow's stage, pretty hard. 189 k's from Saint Joux Saint Rambert to Saint Savo de Montagu, and it is hilly. They start with in the first 20 k's a 9.6 k, six and a half percent climb to establish the break, and then it's flat to downhill. Then 114 k's in another six and a half k, seven and a half percent climb then little roller, and then another 7.5K, 8% climb with 34Ks left, descent, and then a 5K, 5% climb, descent to the finish. Wout Van could win this stage if they pace, but I think this is break. We have so many guys on so much time. I'd be expecting, if Godou's not in the break tomorrow with uh, McNulty and others, I'd be surprised. Why would Jumbo pace the break hard, Benji?
2: I don't really uh, see a point to that, depending on whether there's a dangerous rider in there, of course. But they've got quite an advantage in GC, so it's not like there's... Unless a GC rider is in there, they're probably not going to start pacing too extremely. And then the question is, what are the opponents going to do? And then I look at riders like Amaury Von Savanon, for example, to jump in a breakaway, stuff like that. I don't know what Movistar has. When it comes to trying to get in breakaways, I think Izaguirre is here. Jürgensen crashed, I think, at some point, but I'm not sure how his form is now. So potentially a breakaway rider if he's relatively okay. Milbecker, same question. Or was that a rider that crashed out? Or was that the other Austrian? Grosschartner. Was Grosschartner, yes.
0: Grosschartner,
2: yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Nelson Paulus, is that? Or is he too close in GC? Probably. I mean, where is he? I feel like he lost a lot of time in crosswinds. He's forty
1: third on GC on three fifty four. That's just the worst spot. <laughs> yeah, because same with Guillaume Martin. He's on three twenty. Almeida's on three eighteen. You can't get a good GC result anymore. But Yambo will yeah. be like, eh? Can you not get in the break? Storm. um
2: eighteen minutes down. He looks fine. terrible though. Like you minutes, want to lose 24? some yeah.
1: time, but you don't yeah. want to be like getting dropped in the early stages because you're (laughs) unwell. Um, Okay. I I like Vine for tomorrow. Okay. Who else? Who else is kind of good? Has anyone
2: attacked? Seren Krah? Good question. I think I'm going to go for an outsider pick. And I'm going to say the winner of tomorrow's stage will be Reintarame, despite only being on 4.14 in GC.
1: I reckon they'll let Taramai get in the break. I'm trying to look. Simon Carr, he's a decent option. Matthew Holmes will probably be in the break. Hayter. There's a lot of guys. I'm expecting a big break to form. McNulty, Carl Friedrich-Hagen, all these Pulse. guys. Geschke. Hayter, yeah. he's on nine minutes. Yeah. If he gets First in the break, pace. Well, Pauls. Right, it's gonna be break, hundred percent. Why would Jumbo burn themselves, chase? But will another team a third
2: one-two-three? Like it's possible. Why not?
1: Will Quintana (laughs) tell Arcade to pace?
2: like why would he pace the entire stage if he can just let the break win and still try and gain time?
1: True, exactly. Yeah. All right. We think break's winning. That means probably Roglic. And, well, one, two <laughs> in the finish. But, yeah, that was Paranese Stage 4. Big or well, exciting medium mountain stage tomorrow. Now on to Torino Adriatico where we had a similar stage to yesterday and even the one in Paranese where it looked like there might be some interesting climbs, but it was probably going to be a sprint 85 to 90% of the time, 170Ks. 5K is 4.5%, 4K is 5%, 6.7K is 3.6%, but a lot pretty far from the finish. And Poggio Ewan is here. He ain't going <laughs> to let himself get dropped on those, I don't think. Tereno last year, I mean, he's a little bit sick. Anyway, Pogantra in GC lead, Pro Conti break. Are UAE pacing, Benji?
2: For, for who? Yeah, that was a good question. Ackerman, they have as a sprinter. They've got Pogacar for GC. And I was guessing they were doing something for Ackerman because we were at this point already on the top of the last proper hill on the plateau section on top. And therefore, there's not really a hill where they can attack on. So I thought, okay, Joey's you know, just riding it in, pretending they're actually helping out Ackerman. So he's happy about the team. But they actually were planning something apparently because just before the intermediate sprint came, we saw that Soler attacked straight from that train with Pogacar in the wheel. We had a duo attack. Only one rider from the competition was instantly in their wheel, which was Alaphilippe. Landa panicked and also tried to bridge, but he failed to do so while the three went on. Then Tao Gegenhardt also went and he made the move to Landa. He then dropped Landa and then moved towards Pogacar and was able to bridge towards those three. So we had a four-man group for quite a bit. Gap was 30 seconds at one point with Pogacar, Soler, Ala Alaphilippe, and L- uh heart yes and those riders actually fought for the intermediate sprint as well because that was the probably the thing that pogacá was going for until he noticed they had a gap and then they kept going Pogacha took the five points there and probably bonus seconds as well and they had a bit of a gap now and the peloton behind a lot of teams missed that a lot of teams wanted to have a sprint it was mainly yumbo that i saw making moves to have one rider at the front to have that base somewhat going so that these four riders don't ride off to a victory here because it's Pogacar and we've seen quite a few times if Pogacha goes then you might not see him again but this was supposed to be a sprint stage so a lot of teams would be very happy to catch that rider and those riders at the front and eventually with 10k to go that actually happened but before we get to that point I want to mention that Philippe was uh facing in that four man group and I'm ah it's doubtful whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Because on one end, Alaphilippe pacing makes that the competition behind needs to pace. After Alaphilippe does, Quickstep gets stronger in the peloton relative to the competitors that they have there. And then we look at the breakaway. And then he's also making sure that Pogachar has a longer effort if he stays in that breakaway longer. But if he paces too much, then he's putting pressure on the Remco Evenepul in the group behind. so. Ah, there's a thin line there. What do you think he should have done? Should he pace with those three or four three other riders, or should he not pace with those? He's
1: probably doing half pulls, I guess, and he was going to get caught. I think if it got to a big gap, he wouldn't have paced. Is Alaphilippe Quickstep's best GC rider at this race? I mean, got some long climbs to come in the on the weekend to Carpegna. I know Ivanapol did a good TT, but yeah, as a the stage really looks good for Alaphilippe, that Carpenia stage, and I can't wait to see what they do. 6K is 10%. That might even be too hard for him, but there's the descents off it that suit him a lot. So, yeah, probably Pagacha wins it anyway, so it's all no point, um, that <laughs> stage. But, yeah, I think... We're seeing in the one-week races when you put Van Aert and Robles together or Philippe and Avonapol together, it's, they're, they're all superstars and they're not used to playing sort of two-man team tactics and also a pride thing. Like Philippe at Flanders 2020 is in the break with Van Der Poel and, and Van Aert it's like, I'll take a pull. I was like, no, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I, I don't think it made a big deal. Uh, in the end, um, but yeah, yeah. it was going to be a sprint. What do you see from the, the trains? Ineos did the same thing again, Benji. They're using Ghana to basically preserve all the other leadouts.
2: Yeah, certainly. They made sure that other leadouts didn't have to spend the effort initially and therefore had the riders to do something towards the end. And it kind of counters them as well because then you've got two riders left, Swift and Viviani. And you know that if these other trains have more riders, then those riders will probably wave over you towards the end of the. The stage in the last few kilometers in the same way that we've seen with Bike Exchange in UAE, where they were at the front, other teams waved over them because Alpecin comes late, Quick Step comes late, stuff like that. And surprisingly, we saw that Yumbo also had support for Olaf Koi today because yesterday we didn't have that in the UAE Tour. There was some support with riders working for him, but it wasn't necessarily... whole team and this time around we had four riders including himself at the front in a train formation to keep him at the front so it's good to see that that team is supporting a sprinter that clearly has talent we've we've mentioned it yesterday and next to that when we look at the other teams i actually didn't spot too much of lotto Sudal at the end of this stage and it started getting clear once with roughly 1.4 1.3 kilometers to go I only noticed Ewan, nobody else. So, from this point of the race, if he wins this stage, it's not thanks to his lead out, I dare to say, right?
1: Yeah, and it's there's one thing worse than having no lead out, and it's fully trusting a bad lead out. Um, but I'm not sure those guys were there, so it was even different to the stage in Saudi where he had two guys at like five hundred to go, and then they didn't move up it was He was isolated, but he managed his position a little bit better today. There's a left hand band with two fifty to go. Guarnieri brought Damar up, who's been nowhere recently, and it was a technical narrow finish yesterday. He brought him up, but again. He finished very, very early. It was like they were missing Sinkeldam. Like when Guanieri started, it's where Sinkeldam normally starts, and he can't pull forever. DeMars hitting the front with 275 to go, and he doesn't sprint straight away. There was an Alperson rider. I don't think it was Melier. I think it was Melier's uh, leader, man. It was maybe Stannard, a smaller guy. Demar shelters behind him for a bit. He's got Ackerman on the wheel. Then Ewan Coy, Coy's fighting some a little bit for Ewan's wheel, and Demar kicks with 250. It's like a—it's not cobbles, but it's not tarmac road surface either. It was—we're not allowed to have safe finishes in Toronto this week, so it's some sort of <laughs> cobbly, cobbly finish. Um, but it was at least straight. And Demar's kick was really good, I have to say. Given clear out 250, really impressive sprint from Damar, able to hold it for a long time. Ewan nearly got sold by Ackerman in this sprint. Ackerman takes aggressively Demar's wheel. Ewan's got his wheel overlapped between Ackerman's back wheel and the barrier, so he has to wait. Ackerman then loses the wheel of Demar with 150 to go, and then Ewan has to restart his sprint to the right of Ackerman, Gets and like Fabio, when he slipstreamed Laporte at Kerner, gets into Demar's draft and surges over him in the last twenty five, forty meters. And it was Ewan's initial burst. You just see the difference, Benji. When he kicked properly off Ackerman's wheel, like Coy Coy like couldn't respond and take his wheel. Coy had to go up the inside. And I am not sure he could have done much better, actually. Um but yeah, it's the problem with Ewan is it looks so good. It's not replicable. They're replicable, whatever I said there. Um he got a bit lucky today.
2: When it comes to you, and we've noticed quite a few times that positioning is the key to getting a uh, competitive result. Competitive positioning leads to the ability to sprint for the victory. And Whenever he's in a competitive position, he's likely winning that stage unless there's a quick-step sprinter that is a top-notch sprinter that has a bit of a gap on him when the sprint starts. Because even if he's in the will of the quick-step sprinter, half of the time he does still win. Jakobsen and Kyrno was the other way around though. But when it comes to a uh, Koi, yeah, he doesn't have that kick like Ewan does initially, and that's how Ewan is able to get that initial gap on the legs of a Koi. But Koi was able to get around Akerman on the left at the same speed that Merlier was trying to come around on the right side. So pretty solid speed on that end. Merlier, yeah, wasn't on it today compared to a uh, Ewan and Koi, but also didn't have the perfect position, I'd argue, because of that the Martrain going over. On the left side but when it comes to the non-sprinters today i want to mention that apparently gc riders lost time today and uh there's a 12 second gap in the middle of the peloton and i'm not really sure why that's the case probably a gap opened up between the riders and the riders that lost time was mark padun Buchmann once again richie port landa hindley pino and Gegenhardt and uran so I'm not sure if that gap will stay until tomorrow. Perhaps it needs to be corrected. But for now, there's a 12-second gap. Wow.
1: So someone's they have actually counted it. Lopez and Wellens just made it. And Carapaz on the right side of that gap. I hadn't noticed that. Rare to see that, actually, in a sprint stage at the end like this. Tomorrow, though, we have hopefully the first uh, interesting stage. <laughs> it's been a slow start to Torreno, finishing in Ballante, 201Ks. Very hilly. Like five case four percent straight out of the neutral zone then shallow gradient climbs all day one long false flat descent in the middle before they do a circuit three times around belante which it uh, finishes with a four and a half k five point seven percent climb it's gradual it's a bit flatter at the finish three and a half uh three percent in the last 250 300 meters Ala Philippe will be probably the favorite for the stage. I wouldn't be surprised if Pagatra wins it. Or I think Park Exchange gotta go all in for Matthews, Benji.
2: Oh uh, should he? I think yeah, on that finish they should, but are they the team that need to do it? Because yes. Okay. If you say so. If they don't, I, uh, then they have to take wins. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right at that aspect. And they've also got the riders to control the breakaway here. The question is, who can compete with him? Court had a uh, puncture in the last portion. I also think that the finish is too hard for Magnus Court Nielsen from the peloton, from the breakaway, perhaps. But yeah, true. I don't see it. I'm just going to say that Pogacar wins that stage. I'm And Philippe's here as well. So I don't know. It's not that simple. <laughs> I would say normally breakaway. But,
1: you know, for someone like Quinn Simmons or Kort, Chikone is here as well. He won't be allowed on the break, obviously. but Or Narvais, But I'm not sure people have lost that much time. Like in Paris-Nice, mm-hmm. it's still pretty tight. And I do think yeah. if your bike exchange, this is the stage you've circled for Matthews. So... Yep. Yeah. You, you should be pacing and, and trying to win this. If it's a slow climb, steady, and he's in good position, him versus Alphalip versus Pogaccia, uh should be the ones going for the the win, although uh, there's no Conrad here. I'm trying to look for other other climbing, sprinty boys. There's not that many here. There's Van Avermaet? No, probably not. vendrama Question.
2: Does Emko go early?
1: I mean, this is his sort of stage, isn't it? It's like European championships. It's 200Ks yeah. too. It's long. It would be the one. I mean, UAE will shut it down. I wouldn't be surprised if UAE sends Soler again on the second-to-last yeah. or third-to-last climb just because they seem intent on playing with the peloton and making other people work. So look out for that again. I think they'll try that and then Pogacic can sit in the wheels. Uh, but I'm, I don't see Brake. Uh, I don't see it. Daryl Impey too got to be mentioned on this sort of finish. They got a good sort of puncher squad with Full Sang and and there. So hopefully a better stage in Tirreno Adriatico tomorrow. In other news, Remco Evenepoel got a 400 euro fine. It was banned from driving for 21 days for doing 125 k's an hour in a 70 k zone. So I know what the laws are in Belgium. In Australia, you. Can pick- <laughs> Six months gone, your license. Uh, for that, and it's a bigger fine. Um, so, yeah. Have you gotten fined? I got fined for speeding. Yeah, but not fifty-five over. That's fine. <laughs> fifty-five <laughs> over, mate. Like, I've done twelve k's over and got fined, but fifty-five—that's some serious gas. Uh, apparently, he was. His defence lawyer, according to Neil said he was running late for a sponsor meeting after his his physio. Um. But yeah, I don't think there's really much more to say on it. It's just it was in the news, and I was surprised that Belgian's driving rules are, uh, are that lax. It's a big deal in Australia, so yeah, if you'd be having Umi would be driving him around for six months if that had happened at the tour down under. Um, but yeah, hopefully we don't see that again. And it's just an isolated incident from Ramco. But thanks as always for listening to the podcast. We're going to hop on Swift for Tour of Autopia Stage 1 now. We'll see you with the double header recap tomorrow. Ciao.